We're here to practice yoga. Yoga is the ancient science of consciousness. How do you practice a science? It's through the exploration of your consciousness. And it's an applied science as well as simply a theoretical pure science. And the application of this scientific method is to arrive at the purification of consciousness. The removal from consciousness of all the superimpositions that have like veils or transparencies, filters, ended up causing us to superimpose upon reality illusions. If they're severe enough, we call them delusions. The modern science of psychology derives from the ancient science of yoga, but its spectrum of understanding of the nature of consciousness is much smaller. It understands only a sliver of what we call ego consciousness. Whereas the point of yoga is to transcend ego consciousness. Because the great scientists of consciousness, thousands and thousands of years ago, discovered that there were levels of consciousness that far transcend anything available to the finite ego mind. And that that is our real self and our ego mind that we're so sure we are in a body, in a physical world, is actually a false state of consciousness, or at least a partial state, in which only partial truths are available to us, and therefore we create suffering. So if we want to live a life without suffering, it's important to remove all of those filters that constitute the ego and arrive at true consciousness. And that true consciousness, because it is in alignment with that supreme power that has created all consciousness and the universe itself, then flows through our consciousness with inspiration, with wisdom, with love, with a sense of fullness and empowerment. And all the things that the ego mind is looking for but can never get and is always disappointed or discovers there is even more suffering created by the illusion that some external object would produce the satisfaction or wholeness that it was looking for. So the solution to all the world's problems lie within. This was the discovery of the great yogis by attaining a real understanding of reality, not a hypothetical one based on some understanding that was flawed. And therefore the great yogis did not give many teachings because they said, what good will that do you? A, your finite mind can't understand teachings that transcend that level of intelligence and B, why would you believe me? What's the, the point of creating another belief system on top of the ones you already have and then causing you to wonder, is that true or is this true or what? So 
the great yogis taught in silence by simply being and modeling the state of consciousness that they were teaching you to reach. But without much metaphysical fine print. But later the metaphysical fine print did come in and that resulted in the creation of what we call religions with their dogmas and their creeds and all of that that come back to the discoveries of consciousness of the great yogis, saints, sages, avatars, prophets, etc. And all of these religions really come down to examples of yogis then taking the extra step and trying to describe the ultimate reality that they have realized. The problem is, ultimate reality is indescribable. And from the perspective of our Aristotelian logic, it's even paradoxical and mad. (laughs) Because it follows a logic that the finite mind cannot understand. It cannot grasp that opposites can both be true and false and neither and that there are degrees of reality that cannot even be captured by the concept of true or false. And that reality is far stranger not only than we imagine, but that we can imagine, which is a a statement made by a modern scientist and is accurate. And so there are many arguments then about the nature of ultimate reality. Is God a person or an impersonal presence or both or neither? And it's irrelevant because ultimate reality is paradoxical. Even phenomenal reality is paradoxical. Consciousness seems to arise within a material world, but the material world arises within consciousness. What came first, the chicken or the egg? You can never resolve this at this plane. In fact, you can never resolve hardly anything that matters with the ego mind. You will always run into some ultimate paradox. And this was ultimately, in the 20th century, proven by a great mathematician named Kurt Gödel. And he proved that any system of thought, including mathematics, even basic arithmetic, reaches a point where it is inconsistent with itself, where it cannot arrive at a conclusive answer to a particular problem. And quantum physics discovered that that's true in the real of subatomic particles. You cannot determine both their position and their velocity, etc. But also that they don't obey the laws of Aristotelian logic. Reality itself is paradoxical, and ungraspable. And that's why the quantum physicists who understand that the equations of quantum mechanics work, they still don't know what they mean and they can't translate all those little letters and numbers into conceptual reality. And there are many different interpretations of quantum physics. But the yogis knew that the answer was not going to lie in an equation. The answer lies in the realization of the truth as your consciousness itself. 
And whether or not you can put that into words is not so important as the fact that you can live that truth and transmit it energetically. Because everything is energy, everything is information, everything is waves, quantum waves, probability waves. We know all of that. But still, that doesn't take you to the source of why it is this way and what is the ultimate creative power that brought about the quantum wave itself. No, we can't know that. And so we can say that the agnostic position is correct, that all is mystery. But you can not only know the mystery or that it is a mystery, but you can realize that you are that mystery. And know the mystery from inside, not as some objective fact or distant possibility. But being it is a very different, literally a quantum leap into another octave of consciousness that changes reality. Changes it in a way that is miraculous and beautiful and loving. And those things can be said about ultimate reality. Whether you want to put them in the form of God or into some impersonal scientific form. We do know that ultimate reality is infinite intelligence. And you can participate in that intelligence if you're, wishing, if you're willing to let go of the finite pseudo-intelligence of the ego. The problem is we want to hold on to the ego and appreciate the infinite and try to grasp it and appropriate it with the finite. That you can't do. If you try to take a candle to look at the sun, the candle will melt long before you get there. And you don't need a candle to see the sun. But that willingness to realize that your consciousness is not based on the I thought, it's not based on the bodily image, or what you think of as the physical reality based on pains and itches and other kinesthetic phenomena or sensory input, but an awareness that comprehends and contains all of that, but much more. And so the more we remove these superimpositions, which are ultimately premises of a geometry or a system of thought, we eventually remove the premise that I am the ego or that I am a mind that thinks in language or in numbers or in any other logical form but am an intelligence that has created those forms can use those forms but I, the real I, is beyond all forms of thought and through the renunciation of, of channeling and projecting yourself into thought, then you begin to experience that state that we call Brahman. So step one is stopping the identification with thoughts. Thoughts will still go on, but gradually when you lose interest in them and are more interested in the thinker, the ultimate presence to whom those thoughts appear, the thoughts will be extinguished and the mind will become silent 
And in that silence, then all of the remaining residue of the unconscious ego mind that had been kept at bay by the flow of thoughts will come up. And you will realize that the flow of your, what the yogis call the monkey mind, had a purpose, a function in the ego's uh, psychic uh, equilibrium, and that was to keep repressed the traumas and the shadow that Carl Jung called it of the lower unconscious. And one will realize that the reason why you keep a superego, to use Freud's term, or other voices in your mind or images or thoughts is so you won't feel alone because of the ego's terror of loneliness, abandonment, rejection, which is what motivates most of our actions that cause suffering in the world. And then if you can face with courage your aloneness, the loneliness will drop away and the aloneness will become all oneness. The oneness that is the oneness of God. But that transformation from the loneliness of a, an ego that no longer is colluding and receiving the touch or the words of some soothing or even attacking figure to avoid that aloneness, now is consciousness that extends beyond all boundaries. And then, you, once you realize that you are a mystery to yourself and that you never had a clue as to what and who you are, now there will be a true sincere interest that will take you beyond the shadow. And all of those traumas and fears, anxieties, etc. will dissolve and one enters the realm of the miraculous and the infinite. Most people, because they're afraid of the shadow, never get beyond it into the treasure house of the real self. But once you go beyond that and you are in the silence and you realize you are the silence and the silence is the divine presence, and the finite consciousness melts into this infinite ocean of consciousness, then all of the attributes of the infinite that we have projected into God are recognized as the self. And the self that you are is no longer the personal ego self, but that infinite self, which is the one self that is no self. And all of the paradoxes then become realized as simple truth. But that simple truth is still a state of absolute astonishment and complete overwhelming love. And if there's any trace of ego left, the ego will resist that love. Love is surrender. And the ego wants to hold on and never surrender. Wants some kind of autonomy, even in the face of God. And it's that ultimate surrender of the last trace of your belief that you are something separate from what you are experiencing 
this miraculous infinite presence. It's that willingness to let go that will determine if you achieve liberation tonight in your meditation or you come back into ego consciousness and talk about what a great experience you had but now it's over and what do I do? It doesn't need to ever be over but for it never to be over the ego must be over. And that's the choice that determines your destiny. So God is available and accessible and very easy to reach and has been trying for a long time to reach you. It's your resistance to God. We keep praying, God help me. God's saying, what do you mean help you? I'm here. You're not paying attention. You're in your own mind. Stop praying and realize. Your own prayer becomes the obstacle. You keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door. God has opened the door. You don't see God, you keep knocking on the door. You prefer the door to God. Because if you see God, the ego will not live. It's finished. But then the God life begins, the infinite life that we have emerged from, we return to, and then we live as liberated avatars. This is a time when God is calling upon humans to open that door and regain our true nature and to transmit that to the world. So let's do that in our meditation this evening. When we meditate, there's no technique (coughs) except wondering, wondering without words, who am I? Wondering what is the source of this consciousness? The fact of my awareness. The fact that there is consciousness is a miracle and a mystery. And the neuroscientists don't have a clue. And they pretend they know that that the brain causes consciousness. They don't know anything of the sort. So don't start with any assumptions that consciousness is an epiphenomenon of neural activity or any of that (coughs) pseudo-religious garbage that poses as science but stay within consciousness itself and ask consciousness what it is but not ask with words but through surrender to realizing that what you are is consciousness you don't have consciousness it has you but you are that that's not all you are all the ego is is a modification of consciousness nothing else there is only consciousness Surrender to that and see where it takes you. But stay with the source, stay with the witness, stay with the center to whom it all appears and don't identify with anything that does appear. And that will be the direct path. And don't try to label it because then you will have lost the indescribable essence. 
don't try to bring back some metaphysical text from all of this. Don't even try to come back at all. Be. Let's be together.